Section 72 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Matthew by J. C. Ryle. Chapter 22, verses 34 to 46. The lawyer's question about the great commandment. Christ's question to his enemies. Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 46. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do ye think of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. He saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then called him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word, neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. In the beginning of this passage we find our Lord replying to the question of a certain lawyer, who asked him which was the greatest commandment of the law. That question was asked in no friendly spirit. But we have reason to be thankful that it was asked at all, it drew from our Lord an answer full of precious instruction. Thus we see how good may come out of evil. Let us mark what an admirable summary these verses contain of our duty towards God and our neighbor. Jesus says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. He says again, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And he adds, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. How simple are these two rules, and yet how comprehensive! How soon the words are repeated, and yet how much they contain! How humbling and condemning they are! How much they prove our daily need of mercy and the precious blood of atonement! Happy would it be for the world if these rules were more known and more practiced! Love is the grand secret of true obedience to God. When we feel towards Him as children feel towards a dear Father, we shall delight to do His will. We shall not find His commandments grievous, and work for Him like slaves under fear of the lash. We shall take pleasure in trying to keep His laws, and mourn when we transgress them. None work so well as they who work for love. The fear of punishment, or the desire of reward, are principles of far less power. They do the will of God best, who do it from the heart. Would we train children right? Let us teach them to love God. Love is the grand secret of right behavior towards our fellow men. He who loves his neighbor will scorn to do him any willful injury, either in person, property, or character. But he will not rest there. He will desire in every way to do him good. He will strive to promote his comfort and happiness in every way. He will endeavor to lighten his sorrows and increase his joys. When a man loves us, 
we feel confidence in him. We know that he will never intentionally do us harm, and that in every time of need he will be our friend. Would we teach children to behave aright towards others? Let us teach them to love everybody as themselves, and to do to others as they would have others do to them. But how shall we obtain this love towards God? It is no natural feeling. We were born in sin, and, as sinners, are afraid of God. How then can we love Him? We can never really love Him till we are at peace with Him through Christ. When we feel our sins forgiven, and ourselves reconciled to our holy Maker, then, and not till then, we shall love Him and have the spirit of adoption. Faith in Christ is the true spring of love to God. They love most who feel most forgiven. We love Him because He first loved us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 And how shall we obtain this love towards our neighbor? This is also no natural feeling. We are all born selfish, hateful, and hating one another. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 we shall never love our fellow man aright till our hearts are changed by the Holy Ghost. We must be born again. We must put off the old man and put on the new and receive the mind that was in Christ Jesus. Then, and not till then, our cold hearts will know true godlike love towards all. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 Let these things sink down into our hearts. There is much vague talk in these latter days about love and charity. Men profess to admire them and desire to see them increased, and yet hate the principles which alone can produce them. Let us stand fast in the old paths. We cannot have fruits and flowers without roots. We cannot have love to God and man without faith in Christ and without regeneration. The way to spread true love in the world is to teach the atonement of Christ and the work of the Holy Ghost. The concluding portion of the passage contains a question put to the Pharisees by our Lord. After answering with perfect wisdom the inquiries of his adversaries, he at last asks them, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They reply at once, The son of David. He then asks them to explain why David in the book of Psalms called him Lord. Psalm 110, verse 1. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? At once his enemies were put to silence. No man was able to answer him a word. The scribes and Pharisees no doubt were familiar with the psalm he quoted, but they could not explain its application. It could only be explained by conceding the pre-existence and divinity of the Messiah. This the Pharisees would not concede. Their only idea of Messiah was that he was to be a man like one of themselves. Their ignorance of the scriptures, of which they pretended to know more than others, and their low, carnal view of the true nature of Christ, were thus exposed at one and the same time. Well may Matthew say, by the Holy Ghost, From that day forth durst no man ask him any more questions. Let us not leave these verses without making a practical use of our Lord's solemn question, What think ye of Christ? What do we think of his person? and his offices? What do we think of his life, and what of his death for us on the cross? What do we think of his resurrection, ascension, and intercession at the right hand of God?
Have we tasted that he is gracious? Have we laid hold on him by faith? Have we found by experience that he is precious to our souls? Can we truly say, He is my Redeemer, and my Saviour, my Shepherd, and my Friend? These are serious inquiries. May we never rest till we can give a satisfactory answer to them. It will not profit us to read about Christ if we are not joined to Him by living faith. Once more, let us test our religion by this question. What think we of Christ? End of section 72